Uh, we have an announcement for you this morning. Some of you will remember uh, that have been here for a little while that uh, in the fall of 2015, uh, we had a series on Wednesday night in the library entitled, Can We Talk About This? And we took on some tough issues, hard issues, and had some great conversations about that. We kind of returned to that theme uh, during the winter of 2021 with a second kind of version of Can We Talk About It? And we're going to do that again in January, what we're calling Can We Talk About This 3.0? And the focus of this uh, church-wide study will be the role of women in the church. Uh, Greg's going to tell you more about what that's going to look like here in just a few minutes, but I want to give you a little more background to what brought us to this time period and this day in history. Our elders and ministers uh, dug into a study of the role of women back in 2008. And at that time, uh, we decided... And we really, first of all, let me say this, we really were pushed to do that. In fact, we thought it was a good time to do that because we weren't, there were no real issues pushing us to do that. It was a good time then to sit down and study it. There were some issues that we were being asked about by our then youth ministers, Adrian and Landon Collard, about the role of women in youth ministry, such as, can we have uh, women trek guides? What about a female summer intern or even a female youth minister at some point? And so we had that study, and we came out of that study, first of all, in agreement that we had more freedom than we were then currently practicing in the area of the role of women in church. But we also decided at that time that there were no real significant changes that we were going to make other than responding to Landon and Adrian with regard to some of those issues in the youth ministry, which they can then take that guidance and go forward with. As you've seen over the years, there have been some changes just organically. Um, At that time, too, though, in 2008, we decided that we really ought to study this with the whole church. But we never did get around to that. Some of y'all remember in the fall of 2017, we actually installed several new elders. And in that process, we talked to them about that study in 2008 and what our conclusions were. And a lot of those guys then even said, hey, we would like to study that. We've never really looked at that in detail. Then in the spring of 2018, our elders and ministers shared a six-week season of prayer and fasting to discern our next steps as a church family. Two things clearly and unanimously emerged from that time of prayer and fasting. Number one was that we should pursue the opportunities to implement a recovery ministry, an association with recovery ministry here in this church. And you know we have done that. The second thing that came out of that was that we agreed upon is we needed to study the role of women in the church. So we began that study and took about with our elders, our ministers, and our spouses, and it was about a 13-month study. And the first thing we did, we really studied how we read and interpret Scripture. And we uh, were amazed by that. And we learned so much from that. And we actually, as you'll remember, in the fall of 2019, Brian took that material and actually preached that on the series of the Bible, if you may remember that. And that's on our website. If you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And then that also kind of launched our series in 2020, our Bible reading project. 
It's also been the basis of our class we've done in the library with Brian Doyle and I over the last few months. And we'll actually wrap up next week. As the leadership, as we concluded our our study of the role of women in 2019, there were three things that we absolutely agreed upon. Number one, we agreed that we, as in 2008, that Scripture allows more freedom for women to serve in the church than we were currently allowing. Number two, we agreed that there would be changes. It's going to happen. It's ultimate that there will be changes. And number three, we definitely agreed we needed to have a church-wide study of this issue. Now, please understand, we did not make any decision at that time and have not made any decision as to what changes would be implemented. We firmly believe that we need to invite the entire church into this study as part of the process first. And that's what we're going to do. Unfortunately, the pandemic pushed back our time frame for doing that. Just wasn't a good time in 2020, as you can imagine. But now we're going to do that. And we're excited to study this with you. I want you to know that. You know, it's interesting in people I've had discussions with over the last few years, the last few months, even the last few weeks about this issue, almost to a person, they have said, you know, I've really never studied that deeply. And we need to. We ought to. It's a big issue. And we need to do that. Also want you to know that in 2008 and again in 2019, when we studied this as a leadership together, it was enjoyable, it was enlightening, and it was actually unifying. Even though we didn't necessarily come out of that with complete agreement on every issue and every approach and every view of the text, we came out of that even more unified as a leadership. So that's what we're going to do. I want you to understand just two or three things. This study did not originate with anyone complaining. This came from a time of prayer and fasting. Your leaders discern this topic to be a next step for our church family, and that's continued to come over and over again for years. There's not a small group of women advocating for this study or advocating for change. And in fact, too, I want you to understand our conversations of this began 14 years ago. So we haven't rushed into this. It hasn't been something we've done quickly. We're not in a hurry. But we've studied this at length more than once and believe now it's time to study it with the church, to wrestle with this as a community of believers. Greg, tell us what this is going to look like. All right, Jerry. Thanks so much for the what and the why. And I get the privilege of telling you the how and the when. So, um, we're going to have those uh, classes that Jerry had mentioned. Can we talk about this 3.0? And that will begin on January 8th. And then these classes will be here at, at the building on, su- on Sunday evenings. And we'll start in the auditorium with a presentation from about 5.30 to 6.15. After that presentation, uh, we'll go to what we call breakout rooms, where you could have an opportunity to have further conversation ask questions to a minister and elder who will be assigned to each of those rooms. And then the other elders and ministers will also be around and available to have conversations with as well. Uh, These presentations will be recorded. So if you're unable to attend, we understand and they will be available to you so that you don't miss out on any of the teachings that we're going to be presenting. Um, I know a lot of you have small groups on Sunday evenings and we want to encourage those small groups to participate with us in this study.
we think it's a very significant study for our body and for our future. Um, also, one of those Sundays, we will have a special guest uh, from David Lipscomb College who'll be coming to uh, talk to us a little bit about some of this stuff as well. And so I'd make sure that's going to be January 29th. Make sure you're here that day as well. But we'll do this each Sunday evening for about eight weeks, finish up on March 5th, I believe. Child care will be available because we want you to be fully engaged. And we sincerely hope that each and every one of you will participate in this. It'll only be as successful as we make it. Not we, we make it. I want you to know from your elders how blessed we are to have a body like this. We believe is healthy and mature. And for those of you who are new to us, we've tackled some pretty hard subjects over the years. Not the least of which is the, the church, <clears throat> excuse me, the role that church has played in racial discrimination uh, same-sex attraction, depression, anxiety, abortion. And, and believe me, um, I don't think this topic will be nearly as hard as those. But I want you to know we look forward to this, and we're going to pray for this process now uh, and hope to see all of you participating in the study. Pray with me. Father, we need your spirit like we've never needed it before. We need your guidance. We need your involvement in our lives and involvement in this study, and we just ask, Father, for that. We pray for, Father, uh, we pray for sons of Issachar who know the times. We pray for open hearts and open ears. And Father, we most want to bring glory to you. We most want to advance your kingdom. And Father, help us find a way to accomplish that with this study. Please, Father, we beg of you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. I got a text from one of you out there being funny saying, you should have had them say that before you preach, after you preached, after you preached. I thought that was kind of funny. I won't tell you who it is. His initials are Russell Camp. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sure just to react to this, um, I've got in a front row seat and got to be a part of these studies that the elders have been in. I know it surprises probably no one that knows me that I'm excited about this study. The, uh, the, my coworkers here, they say, Oh, bulletin, Brian's excited about something. You know, he's like, I know I'm pretty easily excited about things. But the reasons that I'm excited about this study that we'll be having in, in January and February, basically, um, they have less to do with the subject matter, though I am always thrilled to engage in subject matter that matters. And this one does. This one does. But it's more this time just about our church family dynamic that we have here. It is special, gang, what we have here. We have a church family that has very purposefully walked into difficult things. And so we've learned how to talk about difficult things. And this has been true since before I came. It's one of the things that brought me was meeting with your elders and, and your ministers. And I challenged them to take the mask off, both personally and theologically. Both those can be sensitive and hard 
for lots of churches, and they just did. And they just I went, this is a special place. And that has is, that is never stopped. And it's been encapsulated with, you know, or how do we say it? It's just been celebrated, I guess, with that class. Kyle Wade kind of led us through this. Can we talk about this? But we all brainstormed. What are the toughest, most provocative topics that we can think of right now in the church and in culture? And we list them. And two classes of those. And the answer to that question has invariably been yes. Yes, we can talk about this. And I think it has deepened our relationships, deepened our ability to make the main things the main things. Right? And be able to talk about the other things that are important, but that are not the main things. And that's another thing that I'm celebrating and excited about. Just celebrate. I don't know why anyone would be thinking about this but me. But we as a church, just in my observation responding to this study we're doing is we have a wider breadth of people with a wider breadth of opinions in a wide variety of subjects that are capable and able to be church family here together than the normal church. It's, it's special. I think is directly associated with us, with our Christ centeredness and, and saying what's most important. There's a lot of things, but love is first. And so I think that has made room for a lot of people with a lot of different opinions on spiritual issues, on practices, on doctrines, on, on uh, theology, on politics. On, I mean, we've got a wide berth, and I believe it's because we have something larger in common. Just like my kids and my wife, we can be in my house and have disagreements on big, important things, but we stay because there's something bigger. We're family. And I feel like we have this. And that's not always the case with church. Churches sometimes take issues like this one, surprisingly, and they jack it up to this, this primal place. And they dictate kind of where there's this mood of this is that important. And, and so you need to align yourself with the, 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 the impulse that this church seems to make on that issue. And if you just can't bear with it, you probably leave. Or if you're with it, you don't mind if someone else does. We don't do that. We don't do that. We can't. And I believe it's because we have these higher things that are more important than that. We're family. Jesus is at the center. And what Jesus says is the most important is most important to us. And that's love. So it's the most important thing. Love for God. Love for each other. We are going to get stuff wrong. We're doing it now. I hope the scripture's true. Love covers a multitude of things you get wrong. A multitude of sins are covered by love. We don't want to get that wrong. So that's another thing I'm excited about. I'm also just very practically, this is going to be a unique fellowship opportunity for us. I mean, some of us are old enough to remember back in the day when we did Sunday night church, right? We all, we had another large group gathering and we came up here to the building. It was just different, a little less formal, you know? This is kind of a, a chance to get back up here in a little bit less formal wine skin, a little bit, I mean, I mean, and, and, a, and a cool Bible study. I mean, we have lots of Bible studies, but we divide up into rooms. We have electives that you can sign up for, but one subject for a season in a unique wine skin where fellowship is available. I think it'll be a neat family experience regardless of what we're talking about. And so I'm looking forward to that too. Last thing I'm excited about, I mean, last one I'll tell you about right now is we have a leadership here that still, they, they want to do what God calls them to do, even if it might be difficult. 
even if it might be hard. We are blessed by that. Not everybody has that. That's not the driver. God's will is not always the driver for leaderships. Okay? There's other factors that come into it. And so uh, they want to do what God calls them to do. And a long time ago, God called them to do this with you, to study this subject. And so I'm eager for them, uh, for you to be a part of that. And not only are they intentional like that, but they are patient. Like they're patient. They, 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 they are determined to move forward and align our beliefs, our practices with the kingdom where they see, but they do it patiently. They're careful. I should not careful. They're full of care. They're careful. They care about you. This flock, what you think, how you feel about this and anything. And so, listen, if indeed what they've studied, and they've done it for years, if they have concluded, if, if you understand what you were just heard, and they have concluded that in this area, we are not practicing what the Bible allows and maybe even asks for, okay, in this area, I hope you're saying, what took you so long? I mean, if you came to the conclusion that we're not in alignment with something that is biblical and something that's kingdom, then what took you so long? Let's, yes, we're in. Let's do this. Let's talk about this. And let's, let's hear what, what y'all have studied. So I am very eager about that. And I hope you'll allow yourself to be excited about this uh, as we turn the corner into 2023. But let me tell you this. That's big, that's important, that's notable. But that's not even the biggest thing that's coming in 2023. <laughs> like the, 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 the other thing that we're doing in 2023, if you've been here for any length of time, you may have noticed that we occasionally, we have an annual theme. We put a banner up here and we kind of, and, and, and it kind of drives some of our decision making, typically in our sermon series content as we go through. And so I want to tell you, I want to give you a little heads up and the, the reason will be clear in a minute of, of what we've already discerned is our annual theme for 2023. And it's this, it's, we've entitled it accelerate. Okay. Accelerate taking ground in your walk with Christ. So this one's a little bit different than ones in the past. And this is why I wanted to tell you about it early because in the past, like I said, most of our annual themes are, they, they drive what I'm doing with the content that we discern that we want to preach on. And the hope is after 12 months by having that common theme that we look back in 12 months and we see we've taken ground, you know, and it's in some area, some category of, of our life spiritually. But this time it's not just content driven. It's more goal oriented. This isn't going to drive so much the content of what I preach, but it's, it's a goal oriented theme. And here's our goal. And it involves every one of you. Our goal is to get every single member of this church family to attend an accelerator event of some kind in 2023. We want every one of you of all ages to attend, to make time to go in the calendar year 2023 to an accelerator event. Okay, you're like, okay, what is that exactly? What's in, what is an accelerator? What are you talking about? So some of you have been to Starting Point lately, and some of you have good memories. And when you went, you might remember this image. This is the image of kind of how we operate as a church. We're a bunch of small groups. We're a large group of a bunch of small groups. And we kind of have these five key result areas that are in support of our mission of making disciples through relationships and our vision of loving first and becoming like Jesus, advancing that mission. 
So the most neglected of these five areas is right down here in the corner, if there's a corner to a circle. It's the corner one right here on the left-hand side. Accelerators. And in your manual, starting point manual, it has a simple definition of accelerators. It says events that transform. Okay? And so what we mean by an accelerator event. Oh, one of our goals that we have not promoted as much as we initially called ourselves to when we started this is our our faith goal has always been that every member go to one accelerator event every year every just because we've learned that going to retreats going to special events like that excel it fuels your discipleship in a unique way differently than the rhythm of what we do in our normal practices coming to church and going to class and doing those things it just accelerates it and so we, we've all had those experiences and we wanted everyone to have that. So our stated goal, but not stated enough goal is we want everyone, we want to encourage everyone to go on one every year. So we decided it is finally time that we make this a major priority of our leadership. And so next year we are going to ask and invite and, and, and help you make a decision to go on one of those years. So what's an accelerator event? Just this is like like what qualifies. First of all, it's an event. It has a beginning. It has an end. Right? It's not a forever commitment. You do this for the rest of your life. It, it, It is an event. It has a beginning and an end. Second, it requires a timeout from your normal rhythm. It's a retreat. That's why they're sometimes called retreats. It's a retreat from your normal rhythm and your normal practice. And it interrupts that from your normal routine. Third, because a lot of things can do that without doing this. It's kingdom motivated. Okay, the focus of this is only excused. The only reason you would go to this event, break up your routine for this, is for some kingdom agenda. It advances the kingdom in you or around you, okay, or both. And then last, it accelerates, that's where we get the name, it accelerates your discipleship by taking a time out from your normal rhythm, Going to some special place for a special length of time that has a beginning and end in for a kingdom motivated reason in the name of Jesus, it accelerates some area of your discipleship. Okay, so that's what we're wanting. So that's our faith goal. Our faith goal, we want you to know about it is coming starts in January. So I didn't want to tell you in January because you might have an accelerator event you can go to in January. So we want to get this started. That's our goal is to get every one of you to go. Our faith, that's our faith goal. Our work goal, simple. We're putting together a menu of events for you to shop, right? To look at, to see what might fit your calendar. What kind of event would fit your personality? What subject matter would, would a prayer retreat be something that helps you? Would going to a lectureship of one of our Christian colleges be something that edifies you and moves you forward. And you're de- so we're going to have a whole list of different things, some that we've experienced, some that we've heard about. And we're going to have that for you, for you to prayerfully consider, and this is important, and calendar. For you to consider and then calendar and help us. That's your work, okay? Our work is to help you discern where to go. Your work is to do it. We'll have one more thing that we do too. And in low-key, subtle, nag. We're going to nag. All year, we're going to be, hopefully it's more inviting, but we're going to be having testimonies of people who've been and the difference that it's made in their life. And just hopefully inviting you, tempting you, fanning your spirit into flame to say, yeah, I should take a time out this year. I'll just use the church leadership as my excuse. They're asking us to do it. I'll finally do it. 
I will set aside the time, I'll set aside the money, and I'm going to go spend time up on the proverbial mountain. doesn't have to be a literal one. A proverbial mountain with God, with Jesus, for an extended amount of time. The big question for people on this kind of stuff is always, is, are these things worth the time and the money that I'm going to be investing? Like, is it worth the time out for my regular life? It's my regular life for a reason, you know. Is it really worth it? And I just as with all my heart, if you trust me at all, my answer to that is yes. My answer to that is yes. From personal experience, and I can give you legions of people who've been who would tell you the same thing. But just to ground this in Scripture, to answer that question from Jesus himself, Luke 5.16, just one of his the epic observations of Luke about the life of Jesus. It says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. I want you to think about that. Your Lord and Savior, your teacher, your model of how to live this life, the man that we are trying to become like as disciples of Jesus, we are told often withdrew Interrupted his normal to go up and spend special time with God. If Jesus Christ needed to do that often, what about you? If Jesus Christ did that, what about you? But if his model isn't enough, just listen to what he says to his disciples. You're his disciples. In one, in one moment, he sent them out on their little mission trip in, in Mark 6 says they come back, the apostles come back, they gathered around Jesus, reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going and they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. These guys aren't, and they're not even just out there living life like you are. You know, they're out in ministry and mission working for Jesus. But he knows something Jesus knows. He didn't say, great job. Now let's get back out there. Keep going. Now he does that sometimes. But he knows. It's like he knows there is a time, the best environment for a human being to live in and like Christ. To be fueled in the way we need to be fueled. To represent him in the world and to live the way he wants us to live. It, it includes this. It includes getting away from the normal demands, getting away from the normal crowds that are coming and going in their life, from the tendency, not to business, busyness that, let's just admit it, in our culture is esteemed and rewarded. Okay? That that is not what we're called to do. He says, let's get away from... I mean, these guys didn't even have time to eat. That's not healthy. He knows it's not healthy. And he says, come away by yourselves with me to a quiet place. And that quiet, y'all, y'all, a lot of y'all know I go on sabbatical every year and three days of silence and solitude. It's not necessarily that. I mean, I'm sure he's just saying quiet is more about pace, change of venue, space for God to, uh, oh, time out. Shade, love you. Emma, love you. Y'all have a safe trip. They got to go right now. So love you guys. Um, we had a great time with them yesterday, celebrating them. Okay, thanks for that personal timeout. Uh, and finally, to to that yeah, to that quiet place. So Jesus did it himself, church, and he did it often. 
He called his disciples to do it. He describes their need for it. Do you? Do you? I mean, our original goal that I hope never goes away of you doing this once a year. I don't even know if that qualifies as often. And some of you haven't done it once. Ever. It's time. It's time for you to do that. And we're going to help. We're going to locate events that we think you might like and consider. Um, Some of you might have some. We want to know about those too. We'll put that on the list. Okay. We're going to create some events with us, small groups and the different events that you can do with us. We'll help you uh, with money if it's necessary. If you need it, this is worth it to us. And we want it to be worth it to you. So will you do it? Will you join us in accomplishing our goal for next year? And you can help us by saying, yep, I'll do it. It's good. Uh, Let me ask our elders and ministers and their spouses. Just they're going to move around the room here. And let me, I just wanted to end by telling you this. I was reflecting on my life and I was thinking of some of the spiritual milestones that I've hit in my life. Okay. And here, here's a few of them. I remember I was, I was a kid really, but I remember I, I was one of the lucky ones. I grew up in church, the gospel being spoken over me all my life with a community of loving people. It's just awesome. But I remember the moment when I decided to follow Jesus. I remember that moment. What a big day that was when I decided I'm going to be immersed and I'm going to be baptized. This discipleship walk isn't going to be my parents anymore. It's going to be mine. That was a big day in my life. It was a big day. A few years later, I'm a teen, young teenager and, and I meet this good and godly Christ-centered girl. Her name was Susan. And we decided to date each other in high school. And I remember while I was dating her and just experiencing this relationship that included spiritual things. I remember making the decision that I will always date and only marry someone like this. Boy, that saved me a lot of grief growing up. That decision was big and really paid off. Okay. Then later, I'm probably maybe 19, 20 years old. And I remember when I was first called into full-time ministry, I was actually 18. I was first got my first invitation to immerse myself full-time in ministry. And I said, yes. And I remember feeling the feeling of doing something that matters to people. And that is like something that has meaning that's bigger than me. Like a purpose that's, that, that that I can give my life to. Boy, that has paid off. I've never wanted any other kind of job than a job with that kind of thing. And then I was in my 20s, fourth thing, last thing. I remember after years of knowing and even teaching to students about forgiveness, I knew I needed to be a person of forgiveness. And I would have told you I was, but I remember the day that I finally broke through. And what I knew to be true, that I need to forgive everyone of everything, moved 12 inches into this heart and it exploded. And it was in that moment, there's a whole testimony Anyway, it's like Jesus whispered to me, this is how I feel about you. How you feel right now for this person you're forgiving. The love, the joy, the freedom, the opportunity to to love them despite their sin against you. That's how I feel about you. Changed my life. All of these four and so many more. What they have in common, they all happened at Accelerator. They all happened 
when I took a time out from my normal routine and went up on the proverbial mountain in a space that was dedicated to Christ, to be with Christ, to learn about kingdom things, these things happened. We want that for every one of you. Every year. But we'll, but we'll be satisfied with next year for now. That's the call. Because the invitation this next year for you to go to one of these is not just an invitation to an accelerator event. The invitation underneath the invitation is the same invitation we offer you right here in your normal. It's an invitation to Christ. It's an invitation to walk with, in, and like Jesus. We want to help you do that. Help us help you next year. Let's stand and let's thank God that we have this availability to life.